Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon and buy our official merchandise on Redbubble. Simply look for We Are Hantu or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps Entry 36 On Red Road, Singapore Neil shakes my hand firmly and takes a seat across from me at the East Coast Lagoon Food Village the same place we'd met for the first time only a little over a year ago. Just like back then, he still makes it a point to go for a run early every morning along East Coast Park. And he still rewards himself with a hearty serving of Prata after. How's the ghost story collection? He asks, nodding towards my bag where I keep my recorder. I chuckle and tell him that there's still plenty more out there, but I've amassed a decent collection so far. Words got around and more people are coming forward with their stories, I say. He smiles pleasantly. So I've heard, he says, waving the drink stall uncle over. We've kept in contact since he last shared a couple of stories with me. Stories not just about his encounters with the supernatural, but his father's and his grandfather's encounters too. Deeply personal stories that he regards as important parts of his family's history. And today, he has two more for me. Where'd these ones come from? I ask. He's about to answer when the drink stall uncle comes by. I order a tea for Neil and a copio for myself. Still need the strong stuff this early in the day, huh? He says with a smirk as the uncle heads back to his stall. I give him a friendly shrug, then fish out my recorder. So, I say, switching the recorder on and placing it on the table. About these two new stories you wanted to share... Ah, yes, Neil says, dipping a piece of prata into a saucer of fish curry. Well, remember how I told you that my dad had a few more accounts from the 70s after my late uncle Terence moved out of that Frankel Avenue place? I nod. Well, he says, Dad didn't really want me sharing them last time. They're about Terence, so he felt like they weren't his to share you know? But he's heard more and more of his friends mention you. The collector of ghost stories. That's what they're calling you now, by the way. I can't begin to imagine what my reaction must look like. But Neil starts laughing. Don't worry, it's a good thing, he says. People trust you with their stories now. 
which is why my dad finally changed his mind. That's great, I say. I'll try, as always, to be as respectful as I can. Now, if you're ready, perhaps you can... Neil interrupts me, with a raised hand and that pleasant smile again. I know, I know, he says with a chuckle. Perhaps I can start from the beginning. Neil's uncle Terence had signed up with the police force around the mid-70s. Back then, the training academy was located around Bukit Brown Cemetery, near Onret Road, an area famous for its unexplained sightings. Terence, however, already had quite a bit of experience with the supernatural, so while his fellow cadets traded stories, he was content with focusing on his training. Unfortunately for Terence, one of the cadets who was fascinated with these stories was Peter, the guy who slept on the top bunk of his bed. Peter was always eager to please the other cadets. He helped them to clean up their quarters while everyone else lazed around. When a couple of the other cadets jokingly asked him to polish their shoes, he eagerly jumped at the chance. He'd even covered for a few of them when they snuck out one night, then happily faced disciplinary action while everyone else got away scot-free. So, when some of the other cadets dared Peter to spend the night in the sole toilet shared by the barracks in the neighbouring building, of course, his immediate response was, I'll do it. This toilet, located squarely between the two barracks, was supposedly haunted, though no one could agree on what the legend behind it was. Some said a cadet killed himself there. Others claim that's where demonic rituals were conducted. Terence had a feeling that all of these rumours were just that. Rumours. But he also had an uneasy feeling about that toilet. He pulled Peter aside and told him that he didn't have to do this. Peter, however, said that it was fine. I'm not scared. Peter told Terence confidently. Terence tried to tell him that that wasn't the point, but Peter was already swept up in the cheers and whoops of his fellow cadets. That night, Peter took his pillow, blanket, and a towel and slept on the toilet floor with the door shut. The next morning, he returned to the barracks a triumphant hero bathing in the distant generous praise of his fellow cadets. As happy as Peter felt, though, Terence could tell something wasn't right. All that day, he kept a closer watch on Peter. Nothing seemed to be out of the ordinary. He still let the other cadets take advantage of him. He still tried too hard to fit in. He still, sadly, was an outsider, without even realizing it. That night, however, at around 3 a.m., Terence was awoken by the bunk bed shaking. Slightly at first, then furiously, 
confused, but mostly just sleepy and annoyed. Terence mumbled something along the lines of, Stop it. I'm gonna slap you. Then tried to get back to sleep. But then Peter started to whimper. And that caught Terence's attention. Because it wasn't sadness that he heard in those silent cries. It was terror. Terence climbed out of his bed and stood up. Peter was sitting at the foot of the top bunk, his eyes locked on the window at the other end. Terence followed his line of sight. At first, he couldn't see anything. The forested areas surrounding the barracks bathed in pitch black darkness. But then, something flew by the window. It moved too quickly, but Terence knew what he saw. Still, he kept his eyes locked on the window. He had to be absolutely sure. And then, there it was again. A head, with its lips parted, revealing razor-sharp fangs. Immediately, and as quietly as he could, Terence pulled Peter off the top bunk dragged him to the centre of the room and sat by him. Terence wasn't sure what would happen if the head flew in and attacked them. He didn't know what he could do. All he knew was that he had to protect Peter. As the night went on, a couple of the other cadets woke up, one by one. They were all unsure what had woken them. But when they saw Terence sitting in the middle of the room and how badly Peter was trembling beside him, they knew they had to join them too. By morning, more than half the room was sitting around Peter, watching out for him. At breakfast, Terence told the rest of them what he had seen. And after lunch, Terence, together with a few of the other cadets, including some of the ones who dared Peter to sleep in the toilet in the first place, approached their officer. They explained what had happened and asked for help. The officer didn't even flinch or raise an eyebrow. Instead, he simply told them that he'd bring in someone that night and that the matter would be resolved by the time they were done with dinner. Nothing happened that night when it was time for lights out, Neil tells me. He says that his uncle Terence took the top bunk instead, with Peter at the bottom, while two other cadets slept by either side of the bed. They didn't see who it was the officer had brought in, and honestly, they didn't care. All that mattered was that no one saw the flying head ever again. And everyone treated Peter better after. Which was good, Neil says, his lips curling up into a knowing smile. Because they needed everyone working together to deal with their next encounter 
with the supernatural. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media at We Are Hantu. You can also buy official merchandise on Redbubble and be one of our supporters on Patreon. Ghost Maps is recorded on Audio Technica mics. <laughs>